From news across the world to events in your community, hear about it all on WKOK Sunrise on News Radio 1070 WKOK and WKOK.com. And thank you so much for joining us on WKOK Sunrise. Fabulous, sir. He could never be. That would be Rob Center. Takes fantastic care of us in every way. So we appreciate that. He'll make sure that Movie Mike's uh, podcast of his remarks today are on the WKOK podcast page shortly after our discussion. With us now is Movie Mike McGranahan, a professional movie critic. His website's ILSeat.com. I have been on it so many times I've lost count. He's a staff writer for Ranker, a member of the Critics' Choice Association, author, prolific tweeter, and the enjoyer of a sponsor, Campus Theater, campustheater.org. Movie Mike, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. I really do appreciate that. I always, uh, this is uh, just uh, fun for everybody. All right, let's start with, it is uh, animation, is that what this would be called? Yes. Animation, all right. DC League of Super Pets. Sure, Superman is cool, but wouldn't you rather see a movie about his dog? The animated DC League of Super Pets stars Dwayne Johnson as Crypto, the Man of Steel's faithful canine companion. When an evil guinea pig kidnaps the entire Justice League, Crypto knows he has to rescue his owner and all the other superheroes. For help, he turns to a group of shelter animals who have received special powers thanks to exposure to a rare form of kryptonite. They include a sarcastic dog, voiced by Kevin Hart, as well as a pig, a turtle, and a squirrel. Together, the pets set out to save the day, and presumably make a pit stop at PetSmart on the way home. DC League of Super Pets was clearly designed to stoke interest in DC comic books and movies among very young audiences. Even so, it's less cynical than you might expect. The film is filled with sharp humor, some of which actually pokes fun at our culture's current superhero obsession. The characters have actual personalities, which makes their interactions funny, too. Appealing animation and a nice message about how friendship is the greatest superpower of all also add to the fun. DC League of Super Pets isn't a great animated movie, but it is perfectly entertaining superhero fare for kids and families. On a scale of one to four, I give it three chew toys. And it wouldn't hurt for adults to put this on their watch list also, right? Yeah, I saw it. Uh, my older son had no interest. He said he's 13. He said, this is stupid. I don't want to see that. My younger one is too young. He's only three. Doesn't have the attention span. So I saw it by myself and really enjoyed it. It's a funny movie. There's enough humor in there to keep the adults entertained. Kids will like the antics with the animals. So yeah, I think it works for families. If your kids want you to go see this, you'll have a good time too. You can always take your father. He's always good for a good movie of any sort. So right. there's that. All right. So uh, the cast too, is this unusual all-star cast of people doing the voices? Yeah, that's become a marketing hook. They can sell the fact that Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart are in this. Uh, John Krasinski plays Superman. Keanu Reeves is Batman. So they have a lot of big names there in the cast, and that's certainly a selling point. I'm always a little iffy on that kind of thing because sometimes I think they just cast a famous person just to have a famous voice as opposed to getting somebody who actually plays the character. You know, if you look at Eddie Murphy playing Donkey in Shrek or Ellen DeGeneres uh, in Finding Nemo, they played the character. 
and you sort of forget the fact that this is a famous person, but sometimes you're watching a movie, it's animated, and you say, oh, well, that's Seth Rogen, or that's whoever. Uh, in this movie, I think they generally got actors who were willing to play the character, so that okay. was a, a bonus. Well, I always enjoy it when you get to see behind the scenes, and you see, uh, you know, whoever's doing the voice, you see them doing the microphone, and, you know, they're holding the script in front of them, and they're mm -hmm. looking at the big screen at what their character's saying, and they're really into it. They're yeah. waving their arms and moving around, and they're really trying to you know, make it a good voiceover. So that, that's always interesting. Yeah, that's an amazing science, how they do that. I'm Definitely. not quite sure that I could ever do something like that. All right, so DC League of Super Pets. What are we giving this one? Three chew toys. Three chew toys. In honor of... The dogs? Yeah, the two dogs. Love chew some, toys. There's yeah. a running joke in this movie about Crypto liking to play with a Batman chew toy. And then Batman is okay. not entirely happy about that. So it's one of the little funny things that they have in the film. <laughs> okay. All right. So DC League of Super Pets. All right. Uh, a mini review quickly here. Uh, the movie Prey. Boy, mm -hmm. very unusual movie. Tell me about this. Yeah, this is the latest entry in the Predator franchise. And, you know... It, Hollywood is kind of weird. Nobody has really cared about Predator since the 1987 original with Arnold Schwarzenegger. They made Predator 2, two Alien vs. Predator movies, Predators, The Predator. None of them made much of an impact at the box office, but they still keep trying to jumpstart this franchise. But and the first one was a real home run. Yeah, first one was okay. a big, big hit, and they've never been able to come anywhere close to replicating that success. The new one is called Prey, and it's actually skipping theaters and debuting today on Hulu. And here again, it's a good movie. I would recommend it. Not going to set the world on fire, but the difference here is the setting. It takes place 300 years ago in the Comanche Nation, and it's about a young female warrior who realizes something that none of her male counterparts realize, which is that there is an alien predator out there hunting them. And she's got to take the initiative to track this thing down and try to kill it before it wipes all of them out. So, very thin story here, and you kind of get the whole feminine empowerment angle pretty early on. She's going to show up all the men and prove that she's their equal or superior. And that's fun to see, if a little predictable. But the action scenes in this movie are what really sell it. There are a couple scenes in this movie, one where the predator fights a bear while the young woman tries to avoid getting in the middle of it. There's a scene where she's trying to pull herself out of a mud pit that she's sinking into before the Predator can get to her. That makes it fun. It's a really exciting movie. It would have been fun to see in a theater on a big screen. I still don't think the world cares about Predator that much, but if you do, Prey is on Hulu today, and I do recommend it. Three stars. You'll probably forget about it by next week, but <laughs> it's fun and exciting while you watch it. All right, it. and it's on Hulu and only Hulu at only the moment. Only Hulu, okay. yeah. And uh, League of Super Pets is at the theater and only the theater at Correct. the moment. Okay, so we'll look for that. Okay, so why are we not interested in Predator? The first one was fantastic, but mm -hmm. I'll have to admit I've never put any of the follow-ups on my lists. Well, Arnold Schwarzenegger didn't return for any of them, which I think was a big deal, and I'm surprised that nobody has gotten the idea to do like they did with Terminator Dark Fate and bring him back. But I think that's really part of it, and I think that the first movie did really all there was to do. The other movies are just kind of repeating the idea that the Predator is hunting people and the people have to try to hunt him at the same time. 
Prey gets that idea better, I think, than any of the other sequels did, but it's kind of the same thing over and over, and I don't think they really know what audiences want, and I don't think audiences really care all that much. Okay. All right. Yeah, we certainly don't hear people talking about Prey. You know, there are some streaming channels that you hear a lot of buzz about and people talking and mm-hmm. so on, but not so much this. All right. Uh, Batgirl. I wanted mm-hmm. to see the sequel, <laughs> but uh, now they're telling me, no, you don't. Well, this is a real shocker. Now, Batgirl, Warner Brothers paid $90 million to make a Batgirl movie for their HBO Max streaming service. And it brought Michael Keaton back as Batman for the first time since 1992's Batman Returns, had the return of Brendan Fraser to acting. He was going to play the villain. Again, they spent $90 million on this movie, and this week they announced that they are going to completely shelve it. It's not going to go to HBO Max. It's not going to go to theaters. They're apparently not going to sell it to any other streaming service. They're going to take this $90 million movie they made and put on a shelf and take a tax write down. What? Yeah, there's a whole new regime at Warner Brothers. The previous regime was very interested in getting HBO Max to take off and getting into the streaming business. And you remember in 2021, Warner Brothers put all their movies on HBO Max and in theaters at the same time. Mm -hmm. That was part of that whole deal. Well, that regime is gone. The new regime has come in, and they want to focus on great big theatrical tentpole movies. And they apparently felt that Batgirl was not strong enough to play in a theater, and they're losing interest in HBO Max, and so they've decided to take a write-down, a tax write-down on it, rather than release it anywhere. And also falling victim to that is a sequel to the animated Scooby-Doo movie Scoob that came out right at the beginning of the pandemic. That movie was almost completed, and they're going to shelve that, too. And they're also pulling other movies that they've already had and made for HBO Max, pulling them off of the service. So Warner Brothers is really seemingly doing everything they can to irritate the filmmaking community. And I think Mm -hmm. that this is going to hurt their reputation and their business with high-profile filmmakers and actors who are going to say, hey, if this is the way you're going to treat movies, we don't want anything to do with you. Wow. This is crazy. Yeah. Uh, So this tax write-on write-off, I'm assuming, requires that absolutely no one see it or certainly pay to see it under any circumstances on any platform. That appears to be the case, yes. Okay. So nobody... What about a leaked copy? Geez, I want to see it, even if it's bad. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's my feeling. Uh, The filmmakers are the guys who did Bad Boys for Life, which was a $200-plus million hit in 2020. So, you know, these guys have some talent. And everybody on this movie worked hard, I believe, personally, that this is not how you treat filmmakers. I think that good, bad, or mediocre, the work that they did deserves to be put in front of the public and let the public decide. And the fact that the public will apparently never get to see this film, to me, is a travesty. I think it's an absolute slap in the face to everyone who made it. Done deal? Is this going to be revisited? Or if if you send them a note, do you think they'll respond? (laughs) You know, it's hard to say, because like you said, if they do the tax rate, down, they can't really sell it to another streaming service. So I have a feeling that this will become one of those lost movies, those rare lost okay. movies that gets put on a shelf and nobody ever sees it. Nobody ever sees it at all whatsoever. Maybe 20 years from now you can get it out. Well, yeah, even if they put it on HBO Max, it could be perceived that that's an effort to promote HBO Max, and subsequently mm-hmm. that's a revenue uh, enhancer. Okay, Warner Brothers scraps Batgirl altogether. I like the earlier one. So, all right, Sylvester Stallone's few 
feud with whom? <laughs> Sylvester Stallone has reignited his longtime feud with Erwin Winkler, the famous Hollywood producer who produced the first Rocky. Winkler and his son have announced that they are making a spin-off of Rocky centered on the Drago character, played by Dolph Lundgren, and his son. And they have done this without notifying Sylvester Stallone. And Sylvester Stallone went on Instagram uh, late last week and absolutely bashed them and held back in no way in expressing his Hmm. displeasure over this. Now, what it stems from is that when, when he created Rocky back in the 70s, Stallone wrote it, created all the characters, was given a flat fee to sell the rights to Erwin Winkler. And of course, the Rocky franchise has gone on to produce innumerable sequels and the Creed spinoffs and make a lot of money, none of which Stallone is entitled to. So he created this whole world and gets no financial gain from it. And so he's understandably upset here that they're going to go and make another movie and he has not been included in any way in the profit participation for it. All right. Moral of the story, get your residuals or get involved in future. He may be less initially, but more later. Yeah, or work with a producer that's willing to be a little generous and cut you in when what you've created is successful. And that's clearly what did not happen here. And does does he not bring enough to a film that they would include him, too? I would think they would, except there's apparently so much bad blood between mm. the two men over the years that they want nothing to do with each other professionally. <laughs> okay. Real-life drama, so to yeah. speak. So, okay, well, to be continued. Movie Mike, what will you see this week? What's on your agenda coming up? I'm seeing Bullet Train today, and I'm technically embargoed from giving an opinion, but there's a movie opening next Friday called Fall. And if you have not seen the trailer for that yet, get on YouTube and look it up and make sure that movie is on your radar. Okay. And that's all I'm allowed to say right now. All right. Well, good. Well, thanks for being keeping the secret like you're supposed to. And we'll see you at the movies. See you there. Movie Mike McGranahan, professional movie critic, and his website, ILC.com. CampusTheater.org, his sponsor, they would like us to tell you about their George Winston concert coming up. Of course, the great pianist, an evening with George Winston. It's September 24th, 7 p.m. at the beautiful Campus Theater. It's an extra special benefit if you are a member in advance. You get a chance to purchase the premium tickets. That's like the first 20 rows at that hall uh, before they go available to the general public. And this will sell out. They've had a couple of these special membership concerts and they all sell out. Uh, CampusTheater.org Use the code WINSTON2022 and looks like we'll be seeing you at the Campus Theater in Lewisburg.